Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Good morning. Let's dive right into the Word of God. I got some things in my heart that I want to share with you. We are taking a, some some time away from our study in the book of Colossians. We'll jump back on it probably in July, but there's some things that we're going to be talking about this month, and I believe that it's going to be profitable for every believer. So as you know, there are many things that's going on in our country as far as racism and, and, and all the stuff, and I don't want to get into that this morning, but I do want to get into what God says. So the name of my message is called Love the Only Way. Love the Only Way. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray to grant it to me, your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. I thank you for transforming our minds and our hearts so that we can be more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, conform us into the image of Christ. Pray it after me. Holy Spirit, conform me into the image of Christ. Father, I pray that we'll be a people that are, are full of compassion, even as your son was and is, and even as the apostle John was. May we be people of love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going to talk about love, love the only way. So uh, this is the second time I'm recording by myself. Shout out to Brian and Dave. Um, who are who have been faithful over these past months? <laughs> so, um, but I'm I'm actually recording from home this morning. Uh, so, with that said, let's go right into it. I want to talk about love. So, I got a couple things. I got my little light on. I got um, my iPad here. So, so just trust and believe that I'm I'm working on it. Um, I want to talk about how do how do we as believers, Christians, respond to racism, hatred and each other. And that's love. Love is really the only way. As a Christian, you have no other way but love. Love is the only way. So I want you to take your time, go through the scriptures. We're going to go through the scripture. As you can hear, I got my background music going on. Instrumental, I believe that just creating an atmosphere. I've been praying in tongues and worshiping God in between the sets. All right, here we go. So God tells us again and again to love one another. As you look through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, you see this dominant, pervasive command, love one another. And we know that God is love. It isn't that he has love, but that he is love. He is the definition of love. So don't get it twisted. And love is the highest indicator that you're born again. Let me say that again. Love is the highest indicator that you're born again. And I'm not talking about the love, human love. I'm talking about a higher love. I'm talking about the agape love, unconditional love. Uh, So I want to take some time to go through the scriptures to bathe our minds in scriptures dealing with love. We are born of love. Therefore, we are children of love. Our way is the way of love. We are love children. (laughs) So uh, with that said, go with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We're talking about love the only way. It's the only way. 
God's love. We talked a little bit about this on Friday night with the with the men as we had our conference. Yes, every first Friday of each month we have a conference, and the word conference has been twisted. You go and listen to somebody on stage, and you have artists and whatnot. But actually, the word conference means to confer. You sit down, you confer, and we had dialogue through Zoom. And so if you're a man, please join us every first Friday. We try to put up the information, but it's great. But we talked a little bit about this on Friday, but I want to kind of address it from a different angle. Love chapter, I mean, love, love chapter five. The Bible is, is the, the Bible is the book of love. If you didn't know that the Bible is the book of love It's God's love letter to humanity. So Matthew chapter five, verses 43 through 48 out of the King uh, ESV, it says, you have heard that it was said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward did you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So here the Bible tells us to be perfect. So the word perfect simply means to be mature. It says you should love your neighbor. You've heard to love your neighbor and hate your enemies. So that's what the world tells us. But Jesus says, but I say it to you, love your enemies and pray for those that despitefully use you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the, on, and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? That lets me know that if I love like Jesus tells me to love, then I'm going to receive a reward. And so here, let's, let's highlight what Jesus tells us. In the following, the scripture, this passage, he tells us to love our enemies. So the question I have for you, who are your enemies? People who hate you. Those are your enemies. People who dislike you. People who think that you're inferior to them. Jesus boldly tells us to love them. This is contrary to the world. The world does not tell us to love our enemies. They, they portray a love that is, that is only human deep. <laughs> But we're talking about love that is is heavenly deep, love that is thicker than blood. I heard my dad say over and over over the years growing up under his parenting ship, if I can say that, I don't know if that's a word, is that spirit is thicker than blood. Yes, my blood, my brothers and my sisters, I will fight you over. <laughs> but my but what's what's thicker than blood is that the fact that I have brothers and sisters in Christ. I, there are more my brothers and sisters than my biological brothers and sisters. Let that sink in a little bit. <laughs> uh, so spirit is thicker than blood, as my dad says. So people who you dislike, people who think that you're inferior to them. We're, we, we, this is a challenging task. How do you love your enemies? All right, Jesus says here in Matthew 5, verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. How do we love our enemies? You know, how do we love those that hate us? How do we love those who are racist? How do we love those who get on our last nerves? How do we love those 
who at, at the job plotting against us or even family members who are plotting against us. I have some suggestions, some, some, some suggestions. Love them by being nice to them. It never hurts to be nice to people, even when they're not nice to you. Be, being nice to them. Love them by blessing them. Blessing them. How do you bless them? Do something for them. You know, even sometimes we do things for people. We expect them to give us a thanks. We expect them to, to bless us back. But bless with the intention that knowing that God is going to somehow bless you, but you're doing it because you love them and you love God. Love them by giving them respect as an image bearer of God. They are God's image bearer. Even though that they're acting ungodly, save and unsaved, they bear the image of the creator. And so we are to love them and give respect to them as a carrier of God's image. Love them by praying for them. When the last time you prayed for your enemies? Love them by praying for them. Love them by helping them when they need help. If you have an enemy who needs some help, whether it's at the job or whether it's at home or whether it's in your family or in the community, help, look for ways to help people, even if they hate you. And we'll get more into that. Love them by going out of your way, by talking to them, and by looking for an opportunity to witness to them. Don't be like Jonah and God tells Jonah to go and preach to Nineveh. Instead, they go the opposite. He goes the opposite way, get on this boat, the ship, and he's like, I'm out. I'm going the opposite direction of Nineveh. Don't be like that. We we won't go, we want to go towards people who don't love us and who don't who don't have that agape love and and, and who really hate they might hate us and, and just go out of your way looking for opportunities to be a blessing to them. Also looking for ways to to pray for them, looking for ways to witness to them. Love them with your words. Tell them that you love them. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, a soft word turns away wrath or a gentle word turns away wrath. So when they're speaking hatred words towards you, you tell them that you love them. I'm telling you, there's, there's power in your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So turn your words around and use it for the glory of God. And then Jesus continues by saying, pray for those that despitefully use you or pray for those who persecute you. We're to pray for those who persecute us, those who are, who are racist or who have a hatred towards us because of the color of our skin. We're to pray for them. So that leads me to the question of how do we pray for them? <laughs> what do we pray for them about? What, what, what do we lift up them before the Father? How do we pray for someone who persecute us? One, you pray for their salvation. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers across their path. Pray that their hearts will be open to, to the gospel. Pray for their eyes to be open. Pray for God's mercy on them. Lord, have mercy on them. Lord, if you don't know how to, if you don't pray for anything else, when you come, come, come in contact with someone who hates you, who's your enemy, pray for the mercy of God, even as Jesus did while he was on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Stephen even prayed that in Acts. Father, forgive them. So pray for forgiveness for them. 
Pray for God's mercy on them. Pray for God's blessings upon them. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon so-and-so. Let's say his name is Oz. Lord, I pray for Oz or Angel. Lord, I pray for Angel. Not Sister Angel. <laughs> um, Lord, I pray for Joe. I pray for Dennis. I pray for Michael. I pray for Bashir. Whoever they are, you pray for God's blessings upon them. Pray for the will of God to be done in their lives. Lord, let your will be done in Joe's life. Lord, let your will be done in Susie's life. Lord, let your will be done in Rose's life. God, I pray for your will to be done. Pray for their children, the blessings of God upon their children. Pray for God to invade their world. Uh, pray that they all know the love of God like you know the love of God. Father, I pray for Joe that he would experience your love through Christ. May he know how much you love him. So what happens when you pray for your enemies? God starts changing your heart. In a time where there's a lot of racism going on, we as Christians need to allow the light of God and the love of God to shed, to be in display in our hearts and our life. Love is a powerful force. Love is the only way. Love will break down the barriers of racism. Love will break down the barriers of denominationism. Sorry. Love will break down sexism. Love will break down financial um, barriers. Love will give you a compassion for the poor. Love will give you compassion for the rich. Love, the love of God compels us. The love of God is strong. The love of God is greater than hate. Where there is hate, God's love is greater. So let's begin to allow this love to be displayed in our hearts. Love is really the only way. Society, racism, hatred, the ways of the love. Love is the counter. It, it, it counters all of that. Love displays itself in a different way. So if you know this from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, go over there with me in your Bibles. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are new. Behold, the new has come. So this scripture tells us old things are passed away. So the, the hatred that you used to have has passed away. The, the racism that you used to have is, has passed away. You know, black people can be racist too. Um, the jealousy or the bitterness has passed away. So as a new creation, we have a new way of living, a new way of life, which is love. Go with me to Galatians. I'm going to just take my time going through scriptures. I won't be before you long because I don't have any electricity. And I don't know how long this battery is going to last. And I got to get back to my family at the hotel. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the flesh, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not be become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. So here it tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. I want to submit to you this morning that the fruit, the very fruit, and notice it says fruit is singular, not plural. The fruit of the Spirit is really love. And everything else is, is an expression of that love. The fruit of not the Holy Spirit, many times people often refer to this as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I, 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 I have to inform you that the Holy Spirit doesn't have fruit. <laughs> he doesn't need it. But we as Christians have fruit. We bear fruit. The Holy Spirit does not bear fruit. Many a times people, even theologians and scholars, will refer to the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. But really, there is really one fruit, which is love, and it's the fruit of the recreated Spirit. Because here, in the context, Paul is contrasting the flesh, the works of the flesh, to the works of the Spirit. And if you're born again, you have the fruits of the fruit of the Spirit <clears throat> in your life. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, which manifests itself in the rest of the eight. So love is the born-again fruit love is. And that love is unconditional love, the God kind of love, the love that does not give up on a person, the love that remains the same, the love that will love a person despite whether or not they love you back. Love, God's love. I'm not talking about love between a husband and a wife, a love between a mother and their children, his, her children, or the love between brothers and sisters, but I'm talking about the love of God. The love of God is something that is greater than human love. And this is what this verse is talking about. But the fruit of a recreated, born-again spirit is love. And because of that love, it manifests itself in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The love of God is self-control. We can control ourselves. So when we have, when we see racist slur uh, slogans or a race, or when we hear racist remarks, first thing we should think about love. Oh God, have mercy on that soul. I wanna, I wanna help to train you to think about how God sees things. And I'm not telling you not to march. I'm not telling you not to use your platform to speak against injustice. We need to do that. And we're commanded to do that. But I want to also tell you the response of the believer is love. The love of God has to be boiling up in our hearts. It must be the very thing that controls our life. We do everything. We tithe out of love. We, we pray out of love. Are you with me? We fast out of love. We study the scriptures out of love for God and for humanity. We give to others out of love. We, 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 we witness out of love. I'm telling you, let love be the, the motivation out of everything that you do in the world and in the body of Christ. Let it be for the love of God and the love of humanity. Do your job out of love. Because when you do your job right, if it's legitimate a legitimate job, you're able to bless a lot of people. So love, let love be your motive. Love. As a Christian, we have access 
to the highest love there is, and that's the love of God. Romans 8 talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So love is the highest. The love of God is the highest type of love that a person can possess. And I want to challenge you, allow that love to possess you. Allow that love to control you. I'm going to give you some ways how in a few minutes. So the first fruit of a born-again person is the fruit of love. If you don't have love, you don't have God. <laughs> Let me say that again. If you don't have love, you don't have God. You aren't born again. If you don't, if you're not, if you don't have the love of God in your heart, you're not born again. God changes the heart of humanity when he saves them. So it's not something that we have to get this love. <laughs> Lord, give me more love. Don't pray that anymore. Lord, help me to walk in love. That's a good prayer to pray. Because we don't need more love. We need to manifest the love that we have. We need to manifest the love that we have. Don't pray for more love. Pray to walk in love. Pray to manifest the love of God. Romans 5, verse 5 says, um, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit and you have the spirit of love. The spirit of love dwells on the inside of you. So allow that fir the first fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit to dominate your life. Don't allow hatred to be the source of your life, but allow love, love, the love of God. Has, have God, has God changed your life? Have you, have your heart been changed? Are you born again? Has Jesus made you God's son or God's daughter? And if that's the case, you have the love of God in your life. If you aren't born again, if you're really born again, you have, you really can't have unforgiveness. You really can't have unforgiveness. If you're really born again, you can't have unforgiveness in your heart. Or I should say you can't keep it in your heart. You may experience unforgiveness, but you can't keep it in your heart because you're a child of God. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of love. You can't, you can dislike someone, but you, but to hate them is another level. To hate them is another le level. Hatred in the heart of a Christian is like saying you're not human, right? We, we're humans. And so it's impossible for a Christian to have hatred in their heart. That's why I have a problem with people who are racist claiming to be Christians, claiming to be Christians. Now, you can be have a racist mindset, but to really say that you hate someone specifically for the color of their skin, then you, you don't have God. You don't have Christ in your life. Christ, he comes in, and he changes the heart. He changes the mindset. Now, we know that the renewal of the mind takes time. So there is, it's possible for a racist to get born again, but still think like a racist, to still think having a mindset that is thinking that they're superior than everyone else. But we, 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 we must understand that, but really to have hatred in your heart is to not be Christ, not to be a Christian, not to be a believer. Can you take, do you take the bait of unforgiveness? As a Christian, you can. But as you pray and allow the word of God to take place and take root in your life, that unforgiveness will begin to fade out. You can't continue to walk in unforgiveness for long before you start feeling convicted and God start dealing with your life. 
because you really can't hate and be a, a born again Christian. I got a couple more scriptures before I let you go. I hope this is blessing you. Love is the only way. I'm telling you, um, I grew up in Arkansas and I experienced racism. Even in New Jersey, I experienced racism. On the job, even the current job that I work at now, I experienced racism. But I'm telling you, the love of God is stronger than racism. The love of God is stronger than hate. The love of God is stronger than our society disease. Um, you know, what the president says and, and against immigrants and, and against people of color, I'm telling you, God's love is greater. And I'm telling you, if you allow that love to possess you as a Christian, you'll begin to see God's best. Where there's love, there's God. I'm talking about true love. I'm not talking about the kind of love that doesn't confront. When we talk about the love of God, I'm not talking about the love. God, God who is love, at one time he loved Lucifer, right? Right? Because that was his cre creature. He loved Lucifer and he kicked Lucifer out of his heaven. I'm sure he loved the one-thirds of the angels that rebelled against him. He loved Adam and Eve. He kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. And even 1 Corinthians 5, we see that Paul is instructed by the Holy Spirit to kick an unrepentant believer out of the church. It was called ex excommunication. And so we see, and I know we, that's, that's not popular. That's tough love. That's still the love of God. That's still a manifestation of the lo love of God. Even in God's judgment, there's love. And if you're born again, I know it's hard sometimes as people of color to, to kind of see through God's eyes. Again, I'm not telling you not to march. I'm not, again, I'm not telling, now when you march, make sure you, you, you social, have social distancing going on and, and you have your mask on because from what I'm understanding is coronavirus, the, the people are testing positive even from rallies and it's back up again. So don't be stupid in the name of, of, of we're protesting. You know, also protest with a cause, right? Don't just be, that's one of the things we talked about in the men's conference. Just don't be protesting in general, but protest with a cause, the cause of Christ, the cause of making things better, have an agenda. And also when you post on social media, post in love, even in the, in, in the midst of confronting racism among your friends who are on Facebook, but pro, pro, protest in love. What's, what do you want to result? Do you want, do you, you don't want the tables to be turned where you're racist against black, white people, but you, you want to love all people. That's, that's the Christian command. That's the highest form of love, the love, the only way. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm kind of getting besides myself, but I, I want to, want you to know that the love of God is strong. So with that said, go with me to Ephesians four, as we close up Ephesians four. Ephesians chapter 4, and let's look at verse 29. Well, let's, uh, let's start with verse 25. 24. It's so much full of, it's, this is good stuff. Um, 23. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. It says, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self, Notice new self. So sometimes we talk about dying to self. As a Christian, the new self is the new, your, your self is the new self. <laughs> uh, what, it, what it is, is we need to crucify the flesh, renew our minds and put on the new self, which is made in the image of God. So in, in verse 24, and put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor for we are members of one another. 
A lot of times people can't handle the truth. But make sure you, when you speak the truth, it's not to just prove yourself to be right, but speak the truth in love. Be angry and do not sin. So here the Bible said, okay, it's okay for you to be angry, but don't allow that anger to consume you to the point where you start hating white people or black people or Hispanics or Indians or Koreans. Don't, don't hate anyone. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, try to resolve within yourself with the word of God and the spirit of God to deal with that anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. So if you allow anger to rule you, you give an opportunity for the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So in other words, um, if you're, you know, don't steal from others, but work hard with your own hand. Verse 29, let no cor corrupting talk come out of your mouths, even as a Christian. That's being cussing Christians as well as Christians who talk perverse things or spitting hatred, hate, hate speech, but only such as good for building up as fit for the occasion that it may not, that it may give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, clamor, slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, and it goes on, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So here we see that the scripture tells us to put away anything, any, any words that don't exalt Jesus. Put away those words. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Then it goes on and says, speak things to build people up. So what you're posting, what you're saying, what, you, what you're communicating, is it building people up? Minister grace to those who hear you or who read your posts. Minister grace to them. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. How do you grieve the Holy Spirit? By ministering um, something other than grace, by allowing corrupt communication to come out of your mouth. Put away bitterness, wrath, anger, clam clamor, slander. Be kind to one another. It doesn't hurt to be kind. So be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving. We as Christians must be willing to forgive one another. We forgive people. That's what we do. Christianity is all about forgiving, right? We forg God forgave us in Christ, and so we are to forgive one another. Forgive your spouse. Forgive your children. Forgive your animal. Forgive your neighbor. Forgive the president. I, I said that right. Forgive the president. As Christians, that's what we do. That's our nature. We have a forgiving spirit. We don't hold stuff against people. I'm not saying you got to trust everybody that you forgive, but at the same time, you forgive people. Let them go. Let them, don't hold on to their, their, their um, Ill, Ill will towards them. Don't hold on to that bitterness. Let it go because that bitterness will make you bitter. We're to get better, not bitter. Let go of bitterness. Let go of anger. It doesn't matter what context you find yourself in. As Christians, you're always going to be challenged to love people. But that's the greatest command. That's the highest um act of worship that we can have to, for God is to love people. God is love. God is love. And it says, be imitators of God as dear children. So we're to act like God. And how does God act? He forgave us. 
even when we were sinners, even when we were enemies of God, Romans 5 talks about how he forgave us and so we're to forgive one another. There's only one way as a Christian to live. We're to live like this all the time. Don't use the excuse that you're only human because I want to say to you, you're not only human. You are born of God. You are a child of God. You're born of love. Love created you. I, I'm hearing a song, and I mentioned it on um, the conference, the men's conference. By, that's a song by Tony Braxton. Love should have brought you home last night. Love should have brought you home. Listen, love should bring you to a place of home with Christ. <laughs> that's right. I, I just made that a gospel. Love should have brought your butt home. If you're married, love should bring you home every day. You don't need to be in somebody else's bed. You need to be home <laughs> with your own spouse. With your own husband, with your own wife. If you if and love, if you're single, love should bring you home to a bed by yourself. <laughs> I'm preaching better than you said amen. Somebody cash out KLM. <laughs> I'm telling you, love should bring you bring, love should make you keep you keep your mouth off of people. Love, the love of God. I mean, don't talk about people. I mean, I'm talking about in the negative sense. Um, don't, don't, don't come against, don't slander their character, but instead allow the love of God to control you. I mean, I can go on on this. I want to, I want to end with, um, first Corinthians chapter 13. As you can see, I, I, I have a lot to say about this subject. First Corinthians chapter 13 verses four through eight. It says this love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not assist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. King James says, love never fails. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. All right, so love never ends. Love never fails. Love is patient. Are you patient with people? Just because you don't see change right away, are you patient with people? Love is patient. Love is kind. Are you kind? Are you kind all the time? I've seen some Christians who are, who are nasty towards their children, nasty towards their grandchildren, nasty towards their spouses, nasty towards their neighbor, nasty towards the garbage man or woman, nasty towards the post person, post office or post woman, postman, nasty towards the airline um, attendee, um, nasty towards waiters and waitresses, nasty towards managers, supervisors, co-workers. We're not to be that way. I've met some nasty, mean, old Christians. And when I say old, I'm talking about young and old. We're, we're, if you're a Christian, represent Christ in everything that you're doing. Well, they're not of God. Okay, really? So you mean to tell me, if you got God, why not go around them and be, be among them? Why not get to know the racists? I said it. I said it. Why not get to know the racists? and looking for opportunities to show the love of God towards them, to pray with them. When the last time you said, can I pray with you as a race, 
if you know a person is racist, I, I've done this. So I'm not talking, I'm not telling you and teaching and preaching something that I haven't lived, that I'm not living. I remember a time there was a guy who was, ra was racist as racist can be, right? He, he hated black people. But guess what I did? I witnessed to him because I had to work with him every day. I worked with him. I prayed with him. Um, I, I walked with him through horrible situations in his life. And I'm telling you, love never fails. And do you know, over time, the love of God broke down that barrier. I remember being in Bible college. This racist man would send me money. One time he sent me money just because. The love of God would do some miraculous things. One of the greatest miracles that we can ever experience is for God to take our hearts and give us a heart of love. I'm telling you, it is the highest act of obedience. Love is. When we talk about worship, often we talk about us lifting up our hands. Oh, I worship you, Jesus. I praise you. And that is a part of worship. But the highest act of worship is love. I'm talking about the love of God. I'm not just talking about loving those who love you. I'm talking about loving those who don't love you. I'm talking about love is at its greatest when you love somebody who, who is not loving you back. That's what God did towards us. He loved us when we were not loving him. And the Bible tells us the greater, there's no greater love than a man to lay down his life for his friend. And God sent his son Jesus to lay his life down for us. And I want to encourage you today to meditate on the how much God loves you. The only way that you and I are going to be able to perfect and love the love of God and really walk in this love is if we know how much he loves us. Out of his love for us, we love one another. You can't do this out of just an act of a human will, but you got to do this with the revelation and the understanding of how much God loves you. God loves you with an everlasting love. God loves you with an everlasting love. His love for you is greater than anything else. I'm telling you, his love for you, meditate on that love. Never, never hate yourself. Never give up on yourself. Never give up on others. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.